really like. Because there's just nothing better than this. The TrojanSports.com podcast kicks off. Right now? Right now. No, no, I don't know. You said. Cock-a-doodle-doo, Bob. Oh, yeah. Direct from Rivals and Yahoo Sports. This, this is the TrojanSports.com podcast. For a USC with Trojan Sports Publisher, Chris P. Swanson. Moving on. You, you better cut that out, man. I swear. That better, I better not hear that on the podcast. You mean about the him doing that? Yeah, we broke down. The, the Beat reporter, Adam J. Maya. Here we go. Yeah. Message boards. We start March. Yeah. It's the weekly radio show you need for everything USC. Is that your first joke? Follow Trojansports.com on Twitter at USC underscore rivals. The Trojansports.com podcast kicks off now. now. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Trojansports.com podcast. I'm Chris Swanson, the publisher of Trojansports.com. I'm joined by Adam Maya, our wonderful beat writer. Adam, how are you today? Hi, I'm Nagamaya. Hi, Adamaya. I don't know. That was an interesting introduction. I know. You're an interesting person. I know. But I, I need you. I need you around because uh, training camp is really uh, the talk of the town right now. We're two weeks in. Kind of have an idea of what's going on, or at least I think you do. I never really have an idea of anything that's going on. Yeah. Yeah. I know. So. <laughs> you know What's me so going well. On? Oh, I'm glad you do. I know you do. I see all your great reporting on the website. Really appreciate it. You're welcome. But uh, today, we actually have a show, and I think partially based on us knowing things about training camp, for uh, degenerate gamblers and and people that, I guess everyone else. I guess that's the way to put it. Everyone else. Yeah, degenerate if you want to become a degenerate gambler, this is your show. This is your show. This is going to be a good show. Uh, it's going to be a long one, too. I already know. Um, the over-under show, I guess we could call it that. We have uh, more than 50 over-unders to go through today. It's a lot. We should just jump into it. We have about 50. We're going to go through a bunch of players and team over-unders for USC this season. Are you, are you ready? I've been preparing for over two hours. I know. I've been ready for uh, for much longer than that, but I've been waiting on you. So it's a little bit uh, more relaxing than what you've gone through, I guess. So let's go for it. Let's start with Sam Darnold. Okay. Let's start there. You have a lot of over-unders listed here. Let's start with yards. Sam Darnold over under 3,500 yards yep. this season. Adam. I'm going to make sure people understand here. Okay, you, you're the explainer. Yeah, we're going to project the totals for a regular season only, which would not include any conference title game or a bowl game, 12-game schedule. So every over-under we give, that's projected out for 12 games, and we're both going to give our opinion on where we think they'll fall. Yeah. If you tune into the show previously, you'll notice that this is a trend. Is I'm going, going, going. Adam throws the reins on it, pulls it back, does a little explaining. And now we're going back to where I was before. So <laughs> Adam Maya, Sam Darnold, regular season only, if I understand now correctly. 3,500 yards over under. 3,500 passing yards 
I'm going to say over. I, I hesitate. Uh, now, that's a, a little less than 300 a game. And, you know, last year he averaged about 275, but he didn't start every game. Now, you know, now he's entrenched, of course. 3,500. I'm going to go over. I will go over as well. I feel like USC's offense is going to end up being a little Darnold heavy this year. Uh, it will be with rushing and passing probably, but I, I think he's going to he's going to surpass that. I think he's going to go over 3,500. Uh, I actually, I mean, he might. It's not going to be like you know air raid numbers, but it might look something similar to that at the end of the year. So I'm going over in the passing yards. I think he's going to clear that maybe even comfortably honestly okay the next one touchdowns you have the over under 36 touchdowns for sam darnold three a game three a game i guess i'll go first on this one yeah i'm gonna go under okay i i i know that you know might seem strange them you know doing different you know over on passing yards under on the touchdowns they think they go hand in hand I don't really. Uh, I think that throwing three passing touchdowns a game, I know people do it. People throw over 40. I know that, like, Timmy Chang threw, like, 60 or something like that in a season. Uh, I, but I just feel like three a game in a, in a, with an offense that has some other weapons and maybe you get close to the goal line and you start running. I don't know. Uh, if Steve Sarkeesian was still here, I'd, I'd say they're throwing nine against, like, you know, Western Michigan or something, so maybe it's more achievable. But... I don't know. I think it's going to be right around there. I think that's a good number, but I'll I'll go under. I think it'll be close, though. I think he'll get close to 36. He had 31 last year. I, again, I, I try to set each one of these where it would make me think, where it wasn't just obvious to me, uh, where I believe if Vegas was doing a prop bet, they would put it there. And I'm inclined to say... Under as well in the regular season. I think just under though. I mean, I'm talking 35, 34. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad we're on the same page with that. I think your pick of the right numbers here. I think that it's going to be right around there. I spent two hours studying these numbers. So yeah. So I they better they be right. Be difficult. They better be right. Well, the next one, I know where you're going, but I disagree with it a little bit. But it's just me. Uh, you said over under 14 interceptions. Yeah. For Sam Darnold. Uh, I'll let you go first because we're alternating, even though I kind of gave my answer away already. But Adam, over under 14 interceptions for Sam Darnold. Yeah, another one where I don't have an immediate answer. I'm inclined to say over, I think, uh, 15. I don't think he goes way over this, but 15 would project to be about 1.1 a game. I think we're going to see about 15. Okay, I actually I'm gonna go under. Uh, I think that he that Sam Darnold might surprise some people. I know that he you know he's a kind of a gunslinger, whatever that that mentality where he's like throwing passes sometimes that you know you shouldn't throw or whatever because he thinks he can do it. I just think he's gonna surprise some people and uh, kind of mature in the the decision making portion a little bit, or at least as the season goes along. And uh, I'm actually I expect him. 
I think he's going to throw around 10. I think that his, his touchdown to interception ratio will be about 3 to 1, a little bit higher in the touchdown category. I think he's going to throw about 10 picks. That'd be that'd be my guess. I just I think there's going to be a couple games where he goes perfect and uh I I don't really see him having too many multiple interception games. I I think he's going to really try to, you know, be careful with the turnovers. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, again, I don't I'm not real confident there. We know that he's going to throw some. He only threw nine last year. And so I feel like he's going to probably throw a few more. But where I picked over, I think the biggest reason was because I don't see that chemistry with the receiving corps right now. I think that the group that he's working with right now, they're not finishing a lot of plays in practice. It's been a constant theme between spring and now training camp where... I don't think, I think he's pretty much doing a lot of the same things that he had done before, but he's not throwing the Juju and Garius anymore. And I just see that being an issue that they're going to be working out throughout the season. So I could see him having a couple games there where he might even throw three and where he will throw two. Of course, he'll have a game or two where he doesn't throw any. He might have four or five games like that. But I think that it's just going to vary from game to game, depending on how much he throws. I anticipate them throwing more in general than they did a year ago. And I think that we're going to see double digits. And uh, again, 14 is where I said it. It could be 14. I don't think it's going to be 20, anything like that. But I think in the mid-teens, somewhere in there. All right. We're on to completion percentage over under 67% completion percentage for Sam Darnold this year. I'm going to go under. He was right at 67 last year. That's an excellent percentage. And this is another one where I could see him going over because I have a feeling that he won't be going deep a lot. I think it's going to be a lot more, I guess, lateral, for lack of a better term, um, short yardage sideways so that that's where you pick up your completion percentage this is where Cody Kessler kind of punched his ticket to the NFL and I could see Darnold completing about 70% working that kind of offense but going back to what I said a moment ago about the receivers I just I'm not real confident in how they're working right now I think it's going to take some time now, maybe mid-season, they pick it up and they go on a roll and his passing game hits another gear. But I just have a feeling that we're going to see low 60s early in the season, and it might be hard to get that percentage all the way back up over 67 by the end of the year. So I don't expect it to be low. I think it'll be maybe like 64, 65. Yeah, I'm actually I'm going to go over, uh, and and I get what you're saying about the receivers, but I kind of look at it in a different way where I feel like they're probably going to throw passes that are lower, uh, you know, that are harder to miss on because yeah, of these receivers. Yeah, higher percentage passes. They're going to have designed routes, going to have shorter routes, whatever, uh, to to kind of prevent mistakes. I feel like from the receiving core, and I think that you'll kind of see the number get artificially inflated early on in a way is what i'm thinking because of that you're going to see so many safe routes or whatever else 
and uh, I, I kind of I feel like he'll surpass it because of that. I think that th- we're going to see, uh, you know, Sam Darnold some of his plays kind of uh, tailored back a little bit because of you know he doesn't have the receivers that he had last year. And I actually expect him to have a higher completion percentage because of it. Okay. Rushing yards for Sam Darnold over under 300. Should I go first? I think you weren't first last time, so I'll take this. I'm going to go over uh, because, again, I think that uh, the the offense will be very Sam Darnold heavy this year, and I think that at times he's going to improvise and uh, take off. I think, you know, there will be a couple teams where maybe he has some rushing numbers where it's like, whoa, you know, Sam Darnold seems like an athletic dude or whatever, like a like a real like kind of dual threat type of guy. Uh, so, I I don't I I think he'll I think he'll go over three hundred. I don't obviously I don't think he's the you know the run first type quarterback or anything like that. But I just see them putting him in in a lot of situations where maybe it's you know third and long he has to make a pass and he's getting away from pressure, picks up you know long yardage in those situations or something and. You know, in 300 rushing yards, we're talking less than 30 yards a game. I think he'll go over that this year. Yeah. No, I mean, it would actually be 25 a game. He had 250 last year. I could, I'm going to go over in 300. Even though I think he's going to not be as inclined to run, you know, he wants to work from the pocket. He wants to to rest on that arm. And he doesn't give up on plays quickly. And he's really trying to work downfield. I think he's going to have to. For It goes back to these receivers and their inability or their inability at times to get open. And also I think with, the, with this new offensive line that has not, has not really been aligned yet. We're still seeing a lot of double training, as Clay Hilton calls it, with Toe Lovingon and Eco Fala, where they're splitting reps at center. And everyone just assumes that Toe is going to move to left tackle at some point through two weeks. We haven't seen it yet. He's, he practices there, but he spends most of his time at center. And I'm, I'm among those that think that he's going to end up at left tackle. But because they haven't had him at left and and had the other four uh, where we all think they're going to be, that five working in unison, I think it's just going to take a while with the offensive line. I think he's going to have to run more. So I'm expecting him to break 300, maybe with a couple big games. You know, if you put up 50, 60 yards a couple times, and, you know, that that adds up. Um, I I don't think that he's going to be running – regularly every game. I don't think he's going to average 50 yards a game rushing. I think he'll have a couple big ones, a couple where he doesn't really run that much. Kind of like what we saw last year. And I think it'll uh, come out to, you know, somewhere in that 350 to 400 range. Fair enough. Over under 10 sacks for Sam Darnold this year. Yeah. So last year he had six. And that was with Ken Starks, and that included the other three games that he played. That's an astronomically low number. That's historically low. He's 
going to get sacked more than six times this year. And that, I would say that even if they brought the whole gang back on the offensive line, because you're talking about half a sack a game. That's just very, very low, especially with a team that's going to throw as much as they are going to. So 10 is a number where I could see the argument for either way. I'm going to go 11. I think that he'll he'll be sacked more than 10 times, not a lot more, but he'll probably average about a sack per game. I will go under uh, because I think that the astronomically low sack level had so much to do with him oh, did. Uh, last year. Yeah, that uh, I, I, Absolutely. Yeah, I just expect it to be low again. I also look at who they're playing this year, the schedule, and I, I see potential for it to be easy. I'm not sure... How many teams, even if USC's offensive line isn't that good, you know, are really going to physically overpower them and get to the you know backfield and put him in a situation where he's getting sacked and he can't get away from pressure? I just I just don't see a lot of teams really doing that to SC this year. I don't see Arizona and Washington State. You know what I mean? I just don't. I don't see them creating havoc for Sam Darnold. So yeah. I'm going to go under. I understand that. It, you know, for anybody else, it would probably, you know, almost certainly be over. But I'm going to say under just because of, you know, what I think he can do in that uh, facet of the game. Yeah, I mean, and I, I want to make this point too. If he got stacked 11 times or 12, it, he still might lead the country in that stat. So going over here is not a bad thing. It's not an insult to him. No, no, I. Or get anybody, even for the line. Getting giving up one stack a game is not a lot, but no. I'm expecting about one a game. No. All right, we are off of Sam Darnold. Yeah. And we are on to uh, <laughs> Ronald Jones, Rojo, Rojo, <laughs> Adamaya. Yeah. I need to, I need to start with this one, right? I need to start with this one. Over under. 13, 1,350 yards, that's how I'll say it. 1,350 yards for uh, Ronald Jones. I'm going to go under. I'm going to go under. I think that he's the kind of back that uh, should definitely, you know, compete for this stat, break this stat. I just, again, you know, we talked about it. We touched on it. It's the offensive line. You know, if they if he was running behind the 2005 offensive line, I'd think, hey, maybe he can, you know, go for 1,800 yards. Maybe he could get 2,000. But I just I have a tough time seeing this, seeing that happening with unless this offensive line really comes together and and you know gels that he could get something like 1,400 yards. I, I just I don't know. I, I don't see them physically imposing their will and run obvious situations, uh, you know, that regularly. Maybe against some of these, you know, lower impact twelve teams. But I, I think that he'll get yards. He'll break a thousand. But I think it's it's going to be a struggle. He's going to have to fight for it. And I'm going to go under. I would say he's going to get a, maybe around twelve hundred yards. Is what I'd say. That's fair. I actually approached him about a week ago. And I threw out this number to him. I asked him, 1,350 over or under, just to see if he would go along with it. And he did. He looked at me incredulously, and he said, over. And I have to agree. You know, I, I'm the one that initiated that campaign a, a while ago, RJ2K17, I think, something like that, 2017. I, I always saw this as being the year, just from his freshman year, look, looking at 
their roster, their makeup, and figure that junior year is when this guy's going to get 20-plus carries a game and can break out in the way that, that we're, we're expecting him to maybe sooner. And even last year, if he was not the lead guy until Justin Davis went down. I haven't forgotten that. But when he became the lead guy, it fit. He, he was pretty dominant. In the second half of the year, he had, I believe, five straight 100-yard games and I think six out of seven, a couple big ones in there. So I think he can do it. Now, USC's only had one running back rush for this many yards since 2005. So Reggie and Langell both went over 1,300 with Reggie going over 1,700. And then Buck Allen had nearly 1,500 in 2014. That's it. So in the last 12 years, it's just been Buck. So this is not an easy number for a USC running back and just the way that they've had, I think, so many talented running backs and the way that they've used them and rotated them. So I don't think it's a foregone conclusion. I'm just betting on Rojo right now. I think that he'll approach 1,400 and so I'm going over in 1,350. I know so many on our message board will that will be so shocked that you went over on thirteen fifty. <laughs> over under fifteen touchdowns. Yeah, he had twelve last year, which you probably didn't think he had that many. He no, I did not. That's yeah. actually that's a lot. That's a yeah. lot of touchdowns. Well, and now with him having a bigger role, I felt like fifteen was probably the fair number. Even though when I first hear it, I think, oh, he's probably not getting that. But then knowing that he had twelve and his uh, breakaway ability. You know, that's where I, I put it at. So what are you saying over under? I, I, I think he's gonna get fifteen, but Oh wow. Let's not let's not push here. It's just not fun. So I'm gonna go under because I guess I feel better saying he'll get fourteen than he will sixteen. Yeah. Yeah, sixteen's sixteen seems high to me. Like that seems like he's got rushing touchdowns only, by the way. Yeah, uh, but that I mean that seems like that's yeah. like, I mean that'd be like close to a record. I know it's not like the record, but it feels like it'd be up there. Sixteen, you know what I mean? It's a that lot. Feels, yeah, it's a I mean lot. Langell went over twenty, but yeah, I th- yeah, he's the, but he has the record. Yeah, <laughs> so it's not that far off, you know. Uh, I, I'm going under as well. I also think USC kind of like. If he was, if he was Lendale White, if he was that type of back, it's like, oh, they'll put him in at the goal line every time. Like maybe he does break it, but I just, I don't know. I just don't know if they think he's the the goal line back. I think those are the backs to kind of like stack up the touchdowns, and I don't know if they're doing that thing that they sometimes do, where it's like all of a sudden it's like, oh, you ran seventy yards down the field, you know, you're tired. Here comes someone else, and you know, yeah, we'll try to let Darnold throw it into the end zone three times or something. You know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. 15 just seems high because of all those different factors, so I'll go under. Okay. Stephen Carr is next. Wow, Sam Darnold, Rojo, Stephen Carr. Okay, I see what you're thinking, Adamaya. What am I I've thinking? Read, I've read those practice reports. You're thinking Stephen Carr is a freak, and he is a freak. Over under 500 rushing yards for Stephen Carr. I, I struggle here. I, I don't know if I'm if if that's unfair or I don't know if it's too low because I know he's more than capable of rushing for more than 500. But realistically, 
How many carries will he get per game? We don't know yet. I think that he's going to become the number two back. I think he could even become that number two back in the opener. I don't know that he starts that game as the number two. Probably not. But I can tell you he's been their second best back in camp. And he's the most talented one. He's the most well-rounded one. So this is just a number where you're really kind of guessing how they're going to use him. With, with Darnold and Rojo, you can you have a better idea of their workload. With Carr, we don't know yet. So, with that said, 500 yards. Hmm. I think 41 a game is what that comes out to. Something like that. I'm going to go under, and I'm going to regret it. <laughs> You know, I, I know you're worried about whether or not you think that's a good number to pick. Whether or not you're like, oh, it's, it's 500, the one that I should be picking for him. I think it's a great number because I think you could look at that and go, okay, like we were just talking about Rojo maybe getting, you know, over a thousand yards. How many yards are left for Stephen Carr? How many carries Rojo, are left? like well over a thousand, what we were talking yeah, about. Yeah, exactly. So how, how much is left for him, right? Even if he's amazing. And you've seen amazing running backs before as freshmen, you know, uh, not play or get like 300-something yards, 400-something yards, and, you know, still show flashes of like, oh, they're going to be great down the line, you know, and they still rush for like 400-something yards. Uh, so I, I like this number. I'm going to go over, though. And I'm going to go over because, uh, like you're talking about, you think he's, you know, he'll eventually be the number two back. He might be the second best back on the roster. I completely agree. And with running back and with that offensive line that I think is going to allow some of the big guys to, to get hits on the running backs uh, while USC's playing, it would not surprise me if Rojo has to be slowed down or if he misses a game or if something like that happens. And if that happens, which I think is fair to assume for a running back, hey, something like that will happen. I could see Stephen Carr, like, playing Arizona and rushing for, like, 250 yards. You know what I mean? Like, I could see that game happening. And to me, that's what pushes it over the edge is that it's like, okay, like, he's probably, you know, getting 40-something yards a game anyway, maybe 30-something yards a game. Then all of a sudden it's like, oh, Rojo can't play. Steven Carr's our starting running back. He had a 200-yard game in this game. And so that, to me, I think that's where you will see him get over 500 yards. I don't know if it'll be much more than that, but I think he will get more than 500 rushing yards. No, you're right. I got you a great point. I mean, especially with the volatility of, of running backs and their health, Carr can easily have a, you know, 150 game, maybe even two, and then he's, he's going to easily clear 500. But um, that, I'm trying to check this more like what I would bet on and I, I wouldn't even want to bet on this because we just don't know enough about it. And I, I, I'm not doubting him in the slightest. There's just a lot of counted players in this offense. And I don't know how they're going to spread the love. So that's why I went under. But like I told you, I, I don't feel good about it. Okay. Over under five touchdowns. I don't want you to feel good about this one either. I don't think you will. But I'm going to go first. Go for it. And I'll go over. Uh, because I think you have to. 
Yeah, and I also with I just yeah. it was my prediction, and then uh, just piggybacking onto that prediction too is that in that game where I'm assuming he's going to have a huge game or whatever, or he'll get a start or whatever. Um, I just feel like it's easy for a running back to just sometimes get like have like a three touchdown game. Yeah, like if we're talking like oh you get 15 touchdowns in the year like we were with Ronald Jones, it's like oh you know that's harder you know that's more consistent scoring, but. I could see Stephen Carr having a three touchdown game in a game where he gets 14 carries for 60 yards. You know, like that could happen theoretically. So I'll say more. I'll say over on that. Yeah, I'll go over too for for the for the same reasoning. That's it. Yeah, I think he'll get more than that. Maybe seven. I love that. Quick and to the point. We we should probably be more like that with a few of these, considering we have more than fifty of these to do. We're on to just the running backs in general, and a very uh, interesting stat here. I, I'm glad you brought this up. We're talking about receptions that they're going to get. How many receptions the running backs will get? Over under fifty five is where you place this at. Adam, over under fifty five receptions for the running backs. Okay. Well, that. That comes out to about four and a half a game. And last year, they had less than three a game. I think that they're going to rely quite a bit on their running backs. And I think Donald's going to lean on his guys in the backfield in this passing offense. And they might even use that as a, as a supplement to the running game. Maybe if they're having a hard time running the ball. I'm going to go over on that. I'm going to go under. Um, just because, I, and I know, we, you know, I mentioned earlier, they're going to be relying on shorter routes and, you know, more uh, kind of scripted routes. And, and, you know, the running back out of the backfield, catching a swing is like the definition of that. So I totally understand, uh, you know, why... Why you would think that way, Adam, I totally get it. I'm just going to go under because even though I just – Sam Darnold's style of play, I just can't see him throwing swing passes to the running backs all the time. I think that we will see more of it. I just – yeah, I don't know if we'll see that many. So I'm going to go under. It just doesn't feel like his style. So That's a good under. point. That's a very good point. Um, I, another point I wanted to make and why I think that you know he'll hit around this number, and it, it might be like right – like right above it and right below it. But I think that he's more comfortable throwing to Rojo right now and Ro- Rojo's more comfortable being more comfortable being thrown to. And then Stephen Carr is very natural doing this. Bavai Malapai also a natural. And Akacentric Ware can do this as well. He had a huge third down screen um, in that Rose Bowl. And um, you know, right now it's kind of up for debate what his role will be and what Bavai's role will be and even Carr. But I, I just think that whether they go by committee or they lean on two or three guys predominantly, he can throw to any of them right now. They don't have a fullback. If they had that fullback that we've seen so many years that can go catch yeah. 20, 30 balls, and I think we would stay over confidently. They don't have that guy in the offense, but... I think because of where these guys are at and receivers, um, we are going to see Donald use them more. Yeah. Okay. Okay. 
I'm glad you brought up those fullbacks, man. Now I just I just have a wheel route in my head, just like wheel route, just yeah, Malifal McKenzie, right? Or oh my gosh. Stanley Havili. I I honestly don't know how you could watch highlights of those teams and think let's get rid of the fullback, <laughs> but yeah. that's just me. What do I know? I know. You know why? Because they're using more four, five, six, seven receiver sets. That's <laughs> yeah. my joke. I know they can't go that high. Deontay Burnett. Let's go to him. Let's talk about him a little bit. He. Uh, it seems like he might be the guy next year. Over under 75 receptions for Deontay Burnett. I forget who went last, so I'm just going to make you go again. If you did go last, yeah, I apologize. Fine. It doesn't matter. Okay. Okay. 75 comes out to about a little over six a game, which seems very doable for him. He had 56 last year when he started really only half his season. He did play the whole year, but he didn't have nearly as big of a role in the first half of the year. The thing with Deontay, unfortunately, I feel like he's going to take a beating and he's going to miss some time. Hopefully nothing significant, of course, but I just have that feeling that he's going to be limited maybe a couple games, um, a little banged up. Uh, we've just seen it throughout spring and training camp where the, the bigger load that you give him, you know, the harder he takes it. And uh, he's a gamer. I, I don't expect him to, to not fight through whatever he's dealing with. But we, we saw Juju constantly beat up. You know, and even though he never missed a game, he had quite a few where he was a bit limited and it started to affect him um, in his past season. Deontay Burnett is not built like Juju. He's not built anything like that. And now that he's the number one target and people know his name and they're going to be looking for him and he's working over the middle so much, that's my concern with him. So with... The, the next three over-unders that we're going to do involving Deontay, and that's where I'm coming from in my thinking. I know that he's capable of producing big. I don't doubt that he could catch 85 passes and maybe 1,200 yards and more than 10 touchdowns. But uh, do I, would I bet on him catching more than 75 this year? I really have to think about it. I, I've gone back and forth on it. I think he's going to fall in the 70s, and I'm going to say over just barely. Okay. I'm going under. Um, I'm just going to be upfront and honest right now as I'm going under on Deontay Burnett for all these categories because I'm cheating and looking ahead to the numbers because I like him a lot. I think he's probably USC's best receiver. Actually, he's USC's best receiver. That doesn't mean he's a, you know, 80 catch, 1200 yards, 13 touchdown receiver. Just because he's the best guy at USC does not mean that's what he is. And so I'm just I'm going under on all these numbers. We'll go through them, but I'm just telling you, I just don't I'm looking at what you projected. I didn't list the numbers. It's not what you know. That's not what I listed, but I don't see him as that type of guy. I think he's USC's best receiver. Maybe that leads to those kinds of numbers. I just can't imagine it happening. I really like Deontay Burnett a lot. I just think that to get these kinds of numbers, 
you, you like you, you mentioned a beating you know you have to be that physical guy that's going to be there and going to be you know ripping balls away from people throwing people to the ground and all that kind of stuff and i just don't i see him getting close i see a, you know yeah. having good numbers i just don't i don't these numbers that are being listed seem to me as like oh that's like pac-12 first team receiver something mm-hmm. like that like, i don't see that okay so i'm going under on 75 receptions Okay. The next number is over under 1,000 receiving yards. I'll let you go since I already basically explained everything away and I'm going under here too, so go ahead. Yeah, he had about 600 last year. I think he's definitely going to clear that, but I think he's going to fall a little short of 1,000. You know, even last year, Juju didn't hit 1,000. I don't think Giancay will either. I think he'll be in the 900. I'm going under. Yeah, I... I... I don't think USC will have a thousand yard receiver this year, but we will we will see. Over under ten touchdowns for Deontay Burnett. I am all I'm going under, as I already mentioned. I just don't see him scoring a touchdown in almost every game. Uh Adam, over under ten touchdowns. You know, I'm I'm tempted to go over. He had seven last year. Of course he had three in the Rose Bowl. That you know <laughs> that nearly doubled his total. I could see him having a couple games like that, you know, two and maybe a three. So I think he's going to hit a, about 10. Over under, meaning do I think he'll more likely to get nine or 11? I'm leaning toward nine. But I, that's one of those where I, I, I could have gone either way on that. I'm really 50-50 on it, but I guess I'm going under. Okay, we're on to Tyler Vaughn's. You know what? I'm going to change it. Because I think, I mean, I paid Darnold to throw about 36 touchdowns. Hey, better be throwing them to somebody. I mean, I I, I, I picked under, but I think I said it would be, what, like 33, 34, 35. Yeah, right around there. Yeah. Yeah, I could see, you know, a third of them going to Giante, you know, 11. Um. Yeah, I'm now having second Gotka. <laughs> okay. We don't know what Adam picked for Deontay Brits. <laughs> I feel like I got to answer. He picked opinion. over and under. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll just stick with under then. Okay. All right. We're on to Tyler Vaughn's again. Okay. Tyler Vaughn's over under 55 catches. I'll go first. I will say under here. Okay. Uh, Tyler, Tyler Vaughn's. And Fall has outperformed my expectations. I guess I could say all year has outperformed my expectations um, for him. I, I always liked Tyler Vaughn's, but I just thought that there was too much hype, so I've been pretty vocal about, you know, knocking him down a little bit, even though I won't I won't call it knocking him down. But I've been vocal about that. I thought that, you know, the five-star stuff was a little bit overdone. I, I think he's, you know, again, he's outperformed what I expected of him. But I just think 55 catches, I'm not I'm not ready to bet on an over on that. I mean, he could very easily be, you know, USC's second best option or their, maybe even their best option at wide receiver for all I know this year. But I am just not ready to bet on him having more than 55 catches. I'm just not there yet. I know the opportunity is there. I'm just not there yet. Yeah. That's well said. I I don't think I am either. Now, if he ends up being the number two, like he's 
in position queue right now, then 55 is not a big number. It's totally doable. But I'm not confident that he will be their number two guy all season. And, and some people would probably argue that he can become the number one and overtake Deontay Burnett. I don't see that yet. So 55 is about four and a half a game, which I know is not a lot. And you know, early in the season, with maybe against weaker competition uh, or the opener, perhaps you know Western Michigan, he catches six, seven passes, and then you know we look like like we're morons. But week in and week out, catching that many balls, I don't know. I'm, I haven't seen enough yet. I'm gonna go under. All right, over under 650 yards. Adam, take it away. Yeah, it, I, this is hard. Yeah, it's hard to project yards per catch. And these things fluctuate from year to year with guys. I mean, Vaughn's, of course, redshirted, but um, even people that have, you know, that are established and uh, have produced in the past, this can really jump around, you know, between 11 to 14 to 15. With Vaughn's, to me, he feels like a possession receiver. So if I don't think he's getting 55 catches, I don't think he's getting 650 yards. I don't think he'll be way under, but I think he'll be a little bit under. I'm going to go under as well um, because I, I think that, you know, with the tight end situation at USC and with all these receivers around, I I mean, he could be the second receiver and not catch 650 yards even. I really feel that way. Uh, you know, it's, it's also easy to pass too. I get it if you, it, you know, if he gets targeted a bunch, but it's like 55 catches. I just, I'm again, I'm just not ready to say, I see Tyler Vaughn's, you know, having 700 receiving yards next year. I can't say that yet. So once once he does it, I'll feel more confident in that. But no, I'll I'll go under. I don't think I don't think he's gonna be bad. I could see him getting close. I could see him getting five fifty, six hundred, something like that. I just I'm not ready to say, oh, this guy is gonna have seven hundred receiving yards. So I'll go under at six fifty. Okay. Uh the next one's touchdowns. Over under six touchdowns. I'll start. I will go under as well. Uh I think it'll be close. I think he'll get close to six. I think there could be the game where he has multiple, you know, where he has a few, kind of like you mentioned Deontay Burnett having three in the Rose Bowl and that bumping him up. I know the postseason doesn't count on these numbers. Uh, I think he'll get close to six. I don't see him going over six. I think I've seen starting receivers have less than ten before, you know, so. Yeah, I mean, Darius had four last year. Yeah. So I, I mean, you wouldn't have thought that, right? No, no. But over six, that you start, that starts to feel like okay, like this could be like you know, the best receiver on the team. Now, and and it is it, with Darius too. It, it's kind of weird because he's a, kind of a physical guy, so you think they'd throw him the ball closer to the goal line. I could see them throwing the ball to Tyler Vaughn. I don't see him being as physical as Darius Rogers, but I could see him getting targeted. You know, in those close quarters or whatever, but and maybe inflating that number a bit. But I don't say I wouldn't see over six. I'd go under. Yeah, I had a hard time with this one. 
I, I could see seven. I don't think that's out of reach for him. I could see five. I probably would want to pick six. Therefore, I am going to say... I'm going to say over because I went under on Burnett and these touchdowns got to go somewhere. I think Darnold's going to throw a good amount in the 30s. I'm going to go over. Okay. Daniel Imartabebe. Did I say that right? You've recently uh, changed your... Bebe. That's why I asked, because you've recently changed your pronunciation up on me. It's I just, corrected mine. Just confused me. I'm like, ah, I've been saying it wrong for, uh, what, five years now? I don't Two. even know. Two. Okay. He hasn't been here five years. It feels like it. Over under 50 catches. What do you think, Adam Maya? Well, I really thought this kid could lead the team in receiving, or he can lead the team in receiving. I still think that. But he's been out for a while now. He was really out for the bulk of spring practice. And now he's been out for basically all of training camp. And he's expected to return sometime, not this upcoming week, but the following week. Which is fine for the season. He'll have a good week, week and a half, maybe two weeks of practice. But is this going to be a lingering issue? I, I don't know. He's in really good shape. I mean, he looks like he has not an ounce of body fat on him. And and you wonder if he may be too tight. Is he too muscular? I don't know. I mean, that's not my expertise. But just the way that he's uh, been moving around for a while now in practice and been so limited, I'm thinking that maybe he won't be able to go the entire year. He's a warrior. I'm definitely not trying to, uh, you know, to bring any kind of negative attention to him right now um, or question question him. I know it probably sounds like like I am, but um, we just can't, you have yet to see that durability. And, and for, for him to be the number one receiver, like I think he can be, because I, I think that he's an NFL kid. I, I'm expecting to see him playing on Sundays and expecting to be good. So I think he can go way over 50, but I'm not willing to bet on it at this moment. I, if you would have asked me a couple months ago, I probably would have said, yeah, absolutely, easily. But right now, I'm, I'm not. I'm going to go under. I'm going to go over. Okay. Because I'm ignoring all of that. <laughs> and uh, I'm just Good. thinking, you know, there might be eight teams on the schedule that literally have no answer for him. That literally cannot come up with a plan to stop him. He's a walking mismatch. Oh, that's, that's the thing. So there's just, I mean, now, if he was there, if he was USC's only weapon, yeah, they could stop him because then you just put 10 guys on him. I get that. But there's enough people around him where it's like he can't really do that and i just i don't i just think there he will have that game where it's like oh 
gosh, they targeted him on every throw, and he had, you know, all these receiving yards. And does he play receiver? No, he plays tight end. Why does he lead the country this week in receiving, you know, or something like that? I can totally see that happening. Over. Yeah. Over. Okay. I got you. Yeah, I, I want to go over. I just couldn't I know. Do it. I did it for you. Don't Thank worry. You. I appreciate it. No that. problem. Hey, I'll do it on all the other ones, too. Over <laughs> under 600 yards for Daniel Imortabepe. I'll start. Go for you it. Modern, baby. I'll start. Um, over. Same deal. Same thing. Uh, I just... He feels like a receiver tight end to me. Or, you know, and, and he could block, too. He could block. He's not like a flex or whatever. So they don't have to take him off the field. But... Yeah. You know, he's he's going to have that 137 receiving yard game or whatever, 140. Yeah. It's just going to happen. And, and you know, I don't expect him to have huge numbers every week. I don't expect him to have 1,000 yards receiving, but I think he'll get over 600. I really do. I do, too. He averaged 14 yards a catch last season. I think you can peg him to do about the same there. So, well, I don't think he will – hit 50 plateau and catches. I don't think he'll be far off from that. And I think with that 14-yard average, he'll find himself over 600 yards. Over under eight touchdowns. What do you think, Adam? It's a hard one. It's another one that, you know, he, it's really hard to predict where, where touchdowns will go. Um, he had four last year. Eight is a lot. I'm thinking seven. I'm thinking yeah. seven. I'm going to go under. I'm going under as well. Uh, same. Re- I just think eight touchdowns is a lot. I think that's just a bunch. Like, you know, I, I think that you could have an amazing year and not have eight touchdowns as a tight end. So I'll go under. I, I just think that's a hard goal to get he could totally do it but i would bet on under yeah now you have uh carrie angeline here yeah angeline angeline see i can't pronounce even the easy last name so i changed feel... that one too that oh was, you did i was oh. saying it incorrectly for a while so th- neither one of us can okay good yeah, i still good do from know. time to time well i don't blame you because uh, i'll say it incorrectly three more times in this show Carrie Angeline, right? Yeah, yeah. I got it. I got it. Uh, over under 20 receptions. Yeah, I'm expecting Angeline to emerge as the number two tight end. 20 catches is, is not a lot, but you have to realize that he is the second tight end, and right now maybe the third tight end. They have a lot of receivers. It seemed to be about where, you know, where I believe it should be, uh, you know, where Vegas would put it if they were doing a prop back time, Carrie Angeline. I'm going to go under. Um, Imada Baby had Kevin King last year, and it felt like he had a lot more, but mm-hmm. that's what he ended up with. I could see Angeline getting about that, where he'll have a couple games maybe where he'll have three or four, but then he'll have a couple games where he might not have one, and he'll just have one. So I I think he's going to end up in the, in the high teens. I'm going to say under. I, I, I'd even say comfortably under. Okay. 
I just, uh, as as much as I like Daniel Imertebebe, it still feels like this offense just didn't really know how to use tight ends until recently. And, and he was kind of the change there. And maybe Bryce Dixon, too. But I don't know. I, I just, think it comes not, down to the talent, man. May, I, maybe I it does. I how to use them. Yeah, and maybe, well, I know, I feel like Darnold knows how to use them. Maybe that was the difference, too. But, and maybe it is talent, and, and, and Carrie Angeline is, you know, probably really talented, and it looks really talented. But, uh, yeah, I just, I could totally just see them ignoring the second tight end as well. I could just really see that happening. I could just see him going games without getting a catch. And yeah. I'll yeah. go under okay. because of that. Over under 250 yards. I'll start because I, I know I made you start on the last one. I actually remembered this time. Okay. I'm going to go under on this one as well. Same reasoning. Uh, I just I feel like even though he's really talented, USC might just not use him that much. And, yeah. Uh, I could just... Yeah, I could just see that not happening. So under. I'm gonna go under two. Um, I think it, it won't be. It will be close though. It's another one where I think I really tried to cut it in, you know, in the ballpark, and I felt like that was a fair number. Maybe I went too high on these, but I'm going under, but not by a lot. Okay. Over under three touchdowns. What do you think? I'm going push, and I know you don't want. No, us to no, go you can't push. get push. Oh, you can't get push. I'll go over. Okay. Just because I, I could just see the yeah. multiple touchdown game. You sure. Know? Well, he has he a can, game with two he touchdowns. He can have twelve catches on a year, but have five touchdowns. Yeah, that's totally reasonable. Well, also, he isn't he like eight feet tall, <laughs> right? So I mean, that's like that's like his game, right? Is they're throwing they're throwing him the ball yeah. in the end zone. That's what they want to use him for. Yeah. I'm saying over. I, I think they'll play, you know, again, they'll play like Arizona State and they'll have like a linebacker on him that's like 5'11", 215 pounds, and he'll score three touchdowns in that game. So, over. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about that, but I'm high on the kid, as I think we all know. I'm going to go over as well because I think he can get four. Um, even I'd like to pick three, and that, that's – that's when I know I've done my job here. I'm trying to put the number at where, like, where you want it to be, but you have to make a choice. So, um, I'd like to pick three. I'll, I'll go four. I'll go over. Okay. Michael Pittman. We are on to Michael Pittman. Over under 35 receptions this year. Adam, oh, yo, you want I'll, me I'll, go. I'll, I'll go. I for, I forgot again. I always forget who I make go first. Matter. We, we don't have. I know. Here. I'll go. I don't care. I'm going under. Yeah. Um, last year, I thought that Michael Pittman did not redshirt because he was the guy at receiver. And coming in, you know, to his career at SC, I thought he was the best one that they took. Now I just think that maybe he didn't redshirt because USC doesn't know what they're doing. When it comes to receivers and picking the right one or something. I don't know. It just seems like he's not the guy anymore. I expected him to become the guy. I'm not sure I expect it anymore. And 35 receptions feels high for somebody that I feel like, hey, maybe he's their fourth receiver. I don't know if it goes that low. Maybe it's not that low. But I just, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. So I'm going to go under with 35 receptions. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I've been waiting for him. I thought that 
after he came out of spring and pretty much finished on the second team for the back half of spring practice, that he would come out with a head on fire in training camp. But we haven't seen that. I'm not sure what's going on. Um, I, I guess I'm I'm holding up judgment on like really the whole group because I think that once they all get into a game, I mean I know Pittman played, but so little, and a lot of them redshirted, and there's a couple true freshmen here. I think that we're going to learn a lot about all of them in these games. I don't think we know very much about really any of them other than Giante. And yeah, you know, totally. we, we know a little bit about Jalen Green and Stephen Mitchell, of course. But with the young guys, I don't think we know very much. Um, I, I, I'm I, going under. And I, I like you, I think... You know, some time ago, I would have thought 35. He'll he'll break 35. But now, I don't know. I, he might catch 30 balls. He might catch 20 balls. Uh, I mean, maybe we're totally off, and he he's the one that you know catching over 50 passes. But I don't see that right now. Yeah, that brings us to 400 yards over under. I'm going under. Yeah, I agree. Same reasoning, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. it's like we don't know. I feel like, I mean, maybe he has 500 yards receiving, but yeah. maybe he has 125 yards receiving. Like, really? Yeah. So I don't know what his under. role is right now. That That's the thing. I, I just don't even know how much they plan to use him. I mean, we watch so much practice, and a lot of that is going to kind of indicate – what they're going to do in the opener in terms of how they're going to rotate. But at some positions, obviously, it's more concrete than that. And it's going to be what, like, if you're a lineman, you know, what what position you're going to be playing this season and that you're a starter. And you, you don't rotate linemen every, you know, few plays or every few series. At receiver, you will. You are going to rotate. All these guys are going to play to some degree. So... It looks like he's not going to start the opener. That doesn't mean that he won't break out in that game. He could totally have a big game there, and then it changes the course of the entire season. So, again, it's hard with, with these guys, with, with a lot of these receivers, aside from Giontae, uh to project what they're going to do. Because, I, I'm, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm not a psychic. I don't know what's going to happen in the opener. And Michael Pittman could catch nine balls in that opener for 85, 90 yards. Then what? Then, you know, he's going to surpass 35 catches and 400 yards. But I don't see that happening right now. And so I'm doing the best I can to just kind of project how, how the, the whole year might go. But it's a total guess here. These are things I would not bet on. <laughs> Over under four touchdowns, would you bet on that one? Yeah, I mean, I thought even if he didn't have a huge role in the offense and wasn't a starting receiver or featured that much, he could still probably catch a couple touchdowns. And that's why I put that four, even though I'm thinking under on the other two categories. It's one of those where I'd like to have it at four. And therefore, I'm going to go under here, but... 
You know, I, I could easily say five. I'm actually going to go over. Um, and I know that that wouldn't make sense if, you know, if he has 120-something yards receiving, like I said. He might or whatever, and, and I might feel stupid if he has no role. But I feel like if he has a role with his size, it's kind of like Harry Angeline again, like down by the goal line. It's like Michael Pittman is playing for them. He's going to catch, you know, some touchdowns in the end zone when they're inside the 20 because that's what you're going to want him for, you know. And uh, I could also see them in a blowout. I know you're probably not throwing in a blowout, but maybe in the end zone you are throwing, whatever. Throw him a couple of passes and he catches a couple, or maybe he ends up starting a game because of injury and he has two touchdown catches because of his size. So I'll go over just because I feel like if he, if he does have a bigger role and with his size he'll go over, and even if he doesn't have a bigger role with his size, he might get four. He might be right there. So I know that it could be tough and he could get none, but I'll just go over there. I just feel like... You know, that that could happen. So I'll give him that one. Yeah. All right. Now, you have listed here Joseph Lewis slash Randall Grimes. So I'm guessing this is them combined or the yeah. one that emerges. Can them yeah. combined? Them combined. Okay. Over under 50 receptions for the two of them. I'm going over. Okay. I'm high on both these kids. I think that maybe one of them will pull ahead of the other, but I just think they're both going to play. I think they're both really good. I think from what I've seen, it's only been a couple weeks, but I think their ceilings are higher than most everyone in that room, in that receiver's room. So, I love what I saw from Joseph Lewis in week two. He had a quiet week one. He was battling a groin. And he looked great in week two. And Randall Grimes looked steady. He looked, he looked very good in week one. He looked very good in week two. I like these kids, and I think it won't take long. I mean, we're talking about all this uncertainty with these other guys, and I, I'm seeing how Darnold just struggled to get that passing game in sync. And he hasn't really been able to work with these guys that much. He's been throwing a lot to the other people that we've been going through. And I think once they get on the field, I just have a feeling that they're gonna they're gonna show up. They're gonna break out. So I I can't really pick between them right now because uh, their roles are even harder to define. But as a combo, fifty catches, I think they're going over. I'm going to go under because I assume that USC isn't, you know, running the 10 wide offense. <laughs> and I just eventually it's like, how are they throwing to all these guys? You know, is is Ronald Jones and Stephen Carr, are they even going to get carries, you know, with with 15 receivers that were projected? So I'm just going under for that reason. Now, I could feel really stupid because, like you said, you know, you think their ceiling's higher than everybody else in that receiver room. I think that might be true as well. I could see them beating out all these dudes that people have been talking up for a year now, the Vonses and the DeVillis Jones and the Michael Pittmans. They might beat those guys out. They might become the best receivers USC has, you know, for all we know, later in the year. It could happen. Um, so I might feel really dumb. I just feel like, you know, s- somewhere I have to say, hey, you know, these guys aren't all going to catch these mini passes. So I'll go under for that reason. But it really wouldn't surprise me if they, like, you know, became the two best receivers on the team or something. Yeah. Who knows? And we've seen a lot of that in, in this past decade where 
that freshman standout kind of took over. I mean, it happened with Wood, Ang Lee, mm-hmm. not so much with Aguilar because he played with the two of them in freshman year, yeah. but then his sophomore year, he broke out, and of course Juju, you know, he broke he he surpassed these numbers by himself in freshman year. I I think yeah I again I couldn't put it too high because there's so many people uh, playing this position right now, and these guys have been working with really the second and the third teams, but they're gonna play. Neither one of them is redshirting, and I. I don't know if both of them will break out, but at least one of them will. So, um, in fact, somebody asked me this weekend who I would start because we've seen really Kyler Vaughn and Jalen Green take nearly every first team rep on the outside with Giancay and Scott. And then in the past scrimmage on Saturday, it was, you know, Vaughn and Green with the twos. And we saw more of Pittman and Stephen Mitchell. But I think they were doing that because they were doing a scrimmage and they wanted to give those guys first-team reps that they haven't really been getting and and allow them to work with Darnold and just see how everything functioned. Well, it, 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 the offense didn't move very well. They basically kept going three and out over and over and over. It was a tough day. For Darnold and company. And so I wonder what we're going to see. This is Sunday that we're recording. USC resumed practice on Monday. And I wonder if we're going to see one, if not both these freshmen, get some first team reps. Because you got to work them in there. You can't just throw them out there in the opener. I think we're going to see it over the next couple of weeks. There's still three weeks left to practice before the opener. It seems like it's been forever and there's still a, a ways to go here. But from what I've seen from them of late, I think they're going to get work in more. And if I was getting these over-unders maybe in two weeks, I might even have to go higher. But we'll, we'll see. Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. I don't know. I, I think they're going over 50. And then... Uh, you can you can continue on. I'm gonna just keep going over with with the numbers that I put down there. Oh, I'm gonna go under. Okay. For the exact same reason I said before, it's just because it has to stop somewhere. 600 yards over for Adam. Under for me for the same reasons. Six touchdowns over for Adam. Under for me for the same reasons. Yeah, I mean we- touchdowns. I you know I I'm not as sure, um, but. Yeah, I'll go over on that one. Okay. I feel a lot better about the catches and the yards. I think they're going over. They might get a touchdown. I don't know. Over under how embarrassing it would be for a former three-star high school quarterback to start over all these four- and five-star receivers. Oh, you didn't put that one there. I'm sorry. I just just read that somehow. I don't know why. Oh, Vellis Jones. Here we go. Over under 30 receptions. Adam, what are you thinking? I'm I'm stumped. Valus makes plays. He's the most dangerous gate threat that they have. He's a true vertical guy. The problem is he's a slot receiver. And USC's best receiver is in the slot and isn't really built to play outside on a regular basis. So Valus is 
fully capable of catching 30 balls. Will he? I'm going to go under. You know, it's it loaded right now. We, we just gone through, you know, more than a half dozen receivers, include, or including the tight end, of course. I, I think he's going to finish in the 20s. Yeah, I'm going to say under as well. I know there's been a lot of hype about him. I know there's been a lot of hype about his speed. He's not going to play on the outside. I mean, maybe a little bit. I think he told me he could. I don't see that happening. I think he's an inside guy. Like you mentioned, you know, Deontay Burnett fits best on the inside. Stephen Mitchell fits best on the inside. I don't know what's coming from Stephen Mitchell this year, but he's there. You know, they seem they seem pretty loaded with guys that can't play on the outside. Yep. So, to me, it's like okay, I'll go under for you because. Hey, maybe he maybe he takes over the slot or something, and he's so fast and athletic they have to play him, and he makes me look dumb. But when you have a bunch of guys that only fit on the inside, it's pretty easy for me to say under thirty receptions. I know speed kills, but you don't have the size to get on the field, you know, in, in all these spots. So under. Yeah, it's fortunate. I mean, they they just have a lot of slot receivers. Deontay, Bayless, Mitchell, Trevon Sidney, and Keyshawn Young. Yeah. Why? Well, because when you recruit nine receivers every year, some of them can only play in the slot. <sighs> yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Over under 400 yards under for me. Yeah, I'm going under. Same reasoning. But, I, I, he, he might... Where I don't think he's going to hit 30, he might get closer to 400. Because of the deep threat. Yeah. yeah. I think he's gonna, he can average easily you know, 15 yards plus per catch. Yeah. He might have that, you know, he might, he might go up against, you know, the threes in a blowout and have a 70-yard reception. And then it's like, oh, yeah. that's, a good, that's a good chunk of it, you know, right yep. there. Still saying under, though. Four touchdowns. I I'm saying under, and I actually I feel pretty confident with under uh, because I feel like unless he's getting into the end zone on one of those deep routes, you know I don't see them throwing to him in the in the red zone. You know what I mean? Like yeah. maybe I just don't really see that though. Like why yeah. when you have all these big guys, all these tight ends and tall receivers? So I'll say under. Yeah, I'm going under as well, and uh, you know we're doing it preseason. You know, I mean, I'm sure if we got to watch a game, we could recalibrate all of this, and maybe Bayless Jones will break out in the opener, and these numbers look foolish. That could happen. Yeah. But right now, I'm going under. Hey, I've looked foolish before. I have no problem no. with it. Come on. No, never. Uh, I apologize to all the people on offense that Adam I didn't get to, by the way. But we're on to uh, offense in general. Over under 50-50 run pass ratio. Ha ha ha. Ha. Do yeah, you I don't think it's like a true over under. I guess you do you think it will be you know more pass than run or more run than pass? Where no. Are you going with that? No, uh more more pass than run. They they run the run and shoot. Remember? <laughs> yeah. Sam Darnold told us that last year. And actually after watch I, I made fun of him at the time. I laughed about it. Ah, it's so silly. And then I watched their offense. I was like, oh, I totally see why he thinks they run the run and shoot. You know what I mean? I, didn't th- I don't think it was like, you know, the complete same, but 
No, they don't run they, what what Warren Moon and the Oilers were yeah, doing. Yeah, no, 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 no. But they put the ball in Darnold's hands, and he's going to throw it a lot. And if he doesn't throw it, he might run. And maybe that's why it's closer to 50-50. Maybe they're trying to get it to 50-50. I just don't see how you have Sam Darnold, how you have a what looks like a wide-open offense, even though you know they call it a everything. Uh, I just don't see how how you're balanced. You know, in that scenario, I, I think that they're probably 50-50 if they have a quarterback that they don't even like that much, really. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I I'm I think this is more of a 70-30. 70-30? Yeah, 65 They're going to throw in 70% of their offensive plays? Well, not at the end of the day. No, not at, like, not that's like what we're when doing. The, that's okay, what we're but guessing. the strategy is balanced that way in a tight game. You know what I mean? When it's yeah, even, when it's yeah, close. Yeah. It's, like they're the leaning bowl. pass heavy. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, it will look 50-50 because, yeah, they'll be up by 20 or whatever, and they'll run 10 times yeah, in a row. Yeah, we're not talking about that. Just give me your yeah. final, you know, what you think the percentage will be. Fine. 55-45. But I'm glad that be, you knew what the be, remainder was. <laughs> but it will be pass heavy. It yeah. like it won't really it. be that in close games. It will be much right pass heavy. I, I understand. Okay, yes. that's fine. And so I agree with that in in the sense that if it's a competitive game, they're going to throw more than they're going to run, and they're going to rely on that to win the game. I think the final numbers though will actually come back to now. Last year it was actually it was only fifty two forty eight run over pass. I thought it was going to be higher, meaning I thought it was closer to like 55, 57% run. It was only 52, 48 last year. So, and I think they're going to throw more this year. And But yet, I'm still betting that somehow it's going to work out for me where they are going to run a little bit more than they're going to throw. I believe that. It's going to be close. And I think that their strategy in a tight game will be pass-heavy. I agree. I think that they're going to end up blowing people out and running clock, and therefore they're going to attempt more runs than passes this season. Okay. Over under 32 points per game. Uh, I don't know. What do you think? Over. Yeah. I think there's a chance that 11 teams on this schedule can't stop them. Hmm. Honest, I mean, honest, I think, like, oh, Stanford, like, they might score in the 20s in that game. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. Right. And a bunch of other 40-point games. Yeah. They'll be, yeah. 30, they'll be in the 30s. But they'll have a game where they do poorly on offense and score 28 or something like that. But I just really, like, outside of Stanford – you know, I feel like if they lose, it's going to be a shootout type deal. Yeah. You know, and they actually it might they might have a pretty good defense, so it might even be hard for that to happen. But I just yeah. I just don't see a lot of teams stopping them. So I, I think they're going to be closer to forty. I think they're going to be like 36, 37. Oh. They're not that team that's you know going to score over that. You know what I mean? They're not like the the hurry ups like oh we're scoring, but they're going to blow some people out. Yeah. They're, they're going to they're going to have. Yeah, you know, the a few forty something point games. I'd yeah, say. Sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna go over two. Maybe not okay. as high as you, but over thirty two. Okay. Over under two and a half fourth down attempts. Yeah. All what, season. Now this would have led the conference 
last year. Okay. They, this is a lot. They they averaged about one per game last year, but with this kicking game and this quarterback, I thought they're going to be going for it more, and maybe quite a bit more. So two and a half is a lot per game. This is per game. Yes. I'm going for it on fourth down. Yeah. Under. Yeah. And I mean, I think they're aggressive with fourth down. I really do. I think they go for it at times where I'm like, why are you going for that or whatever? I, I think that's kind of their philosophy, but I just really, I don't know. That's a lot of fourth down attempts. That just is. If their kicking situation continues to just be abysmal, it may be. But I, I under, under. It yeah. can't be that bad at kicking. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, we'll we'll find out soon enough. Gosh, I'm really conflicted here. I I feel like my gut, like my my gut tells me I should go under. Like that that's too high. But if I think of like, oh, will they go for it? three times in that game and in that game and that game. Yeah, I think they're going to have a few games like that where they will, where they'll just go for it on fourth down, you know, three, four times. And then they're going to have a couple games where, you know, they don't even do it the whole game or they do it one time and that might throw up, throw down the average. So I'm, I guess I'm going under, but it's going to be close to this. And then I might have it's too high, but... Um, I do believe that it's going to be near 2.5. Wow. I'm going to go under. Wow. Yeah. I, I don't think you're confident in that kicking game getting any better. I've been watching it every day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Point taken. Okay. All right, we're going to do the defense. I'm going to take over. Oh, you are? Yeah. Good. Yeah, I'll give you a breather. Good. I'm tired of emceeing. I'm yeah. really bad at it, too. No, you're fine. But um, let's run through these. It, there, there aren't as many. I think we're having fun, though, right? No. No? We're not having fun? No, I'm not. But it's okay. okay. I'm having fun. I'm kidding. I love okay. everything. That's kind of genuine, actually. I'm a happy guy. Okay. Rasheem Green. Eight and a half sacks. Over, under. Go. Under. Yeah? I just don't, I don't think... I, I know he's a defensive end. You know what I mean? I know that like the nose tackles the gap plugger, but I just don't think this defense is like set up to allow the guys with their hands in the ground to really do that, to really get after the quarterback that much. Yeah. You know, I I'm going under. I think he's gonna make a more noise in the the run game and you know, stopping you know, running backs at the line of scrimmage or whatever. Yeah. Uh, under that's fair I mean I wonder if the defense is not set up for it or is it the conference a lot of quick passing it's both yeah, yeah. USC's got total uh, individually and as a team have been a bit low for a while I'm going to go under as well because of that but also because Rasheem uh, it, it's strange I I want to say that he'll He'll have nine sacks or ten or whatever, but we we just don't see him practice that way. And, and I don't know what that's about, you know. And 
games obviously are just way more important than practice, but you'd like to see it in practice. You'd like to see him dominate. And I just have not really felt his presence that much in training camp. And that wasn't much different in spring practice at times. So I'm, I'm going under. But can he have a talent to get nine? Sure. I don't think he will. All Someone's right. obviously in line for an Adam Maya bumper sticker award. <laughs> you remember that? I do. I remember him. I've forgotten. Okay. Porter Gustin. Right there. Eight and a half sacks. Same number. What do you think? Under. Yeah? You know what? I, I'm going to say it about Porter Gustin. I like him as a football player and everything. I know he gets a lot of praise. He's not athletic or fast enough to get that many sacks. Wow. Hot take. Hot take. I I think, it, to me, it seems like he should move inside eventually, put on a little bit more size or something. I just I don't see him chasing down a, a quarterback that's fleet afoot in mm. an effective manner. I just don't. I think he can, his game is, you know, keeping the edge. I'm not letting somebody get, you know, outside of me. I don't think that used to be his game either. I think he's gotten much better at that. Yeah. But I just don't see him as like the I'm getting to the quarterback. He's not fast enough to do it. Hmm. So under. Well, so I put it right where I put Rasheem because I believe that he could outpace Rasheem and Sacks. That he might have a half or one or two more. So 8.5 is totally doable for him. Yes, it is. Yeah. I'm going to go under, but one where I'm not that confident. Because I feel like he's going to probably get like 7.5 or 8. And then you're just getting so close to that number that I can't feel great about it. So I could be wrong here. You know, he might get 9. He might get 10. But I'm going to go under. Okay. You chilling the Wosu. 12 tackles for locks. Do you think he'll uh, average more than one per game? I'm going to go over. And uh, <laughs> I think that's a hard number to get. I really do. But I just, I'm so high on him. And I think he's the most underrated player on the team. And I think he might be one of their best defensive players. Yeah just overall and I just want to go over with him because I'm betting on him to just blow everyone away so I just want to go over because of that so how about that yeah yeah I'm, I'm gonna go over to something interesting about this a year ago he only had seven and a half I would have thought he had more his numbers weren't shiny even though I think he played great football and I'm expecting him to play at another level this year I've heard people say he might be the best defensive player in the Pac-12. We'll see. But that's where people see his potential. I think he's going to have a breakout year. I think he's going over 12. Now, Porter Gustin actually led the team with 13 tackles for loss last year. You probably wouldn't have suspected that. Wow. No, I wouldn't have. Yeah. Given my comments I just made. <laughs> so I, I felt like 12 was maybe easy to stay over because, you know, Porter at 13, then Yuchenna can get more than that. But again, Yuchenna just had seven and a half. And 
it's hard to say how much of that is due to what position they're playing and what, what responsibilities they have in this system. And of course, they're playing the same position that they were a year ago. Yeah. So, uh, I got 12 was appropriate for those reasons, even though my inclination is to say he's going over 12. I think he'll get maybe about 15. Okay, next up. Freshman, defensive lineman, Marlon Tuipolotu. Three sacks. Over, under. Under. He's a freshman defensive lineman. And I just think to myself, what would he have to do to get a sack from his position? He would have to beat the offensive lineman in front of him very badly, right? Because he's a big, slower guy. He's got to beat him badly. That's what these guys have to do to get sacks. And then get to the quarterback and bring him down. I honestly, he's he's very he's going to be very good, I think, at his career eventually, I, I would think. But he's young enough where I really, I think he's in a mismatch in every game, pretty much. Unless somebody's starting a freshman guard or something like that. Or a sophomore guard that shouldn't be playing or something like that. I mean, gosh, if Western Michigan has a senior guard playing... I think that guy's going to beat up on him just because he's been in college for four years. So to me, three sacks is a tall order, and I'm going to go under. Yeah, I'm going to go under as well, and I really have one reason for it, and I'm not sure if it's a good one or not, but guess how many sacks D.B. Kui Kulavaku had last year? Like one? Yeah, he had half. Nice. I'm feeling good now. Yeah, and so that position just in this defense does not equal sex. Even though I like Marlon a lot, and uh, I'm expecting him to, I think to hold steady, you know. But I think they're gonna rotate there. I'm not sure if he's gonna start. If I had a bet, I'm betting on him starting, but I'm also betting on him splitting time with. Faku, right now it's it's been about 50-50 with the first team reps between Josh Faku and Tui Poloku. So they're both going to play. And three is actually a big number for a nose tackle. It might not feel mm-hmm. like it. And it, I guess it, it should say how much I respect him, that I would include him here and I would put that guy as the over-under. And, and maybe this is where, you know, he ends up in his sophomore year. That's a, a nice number for a sophomore tackle. But uh, right now, you know, again, it might have been too high. But I guess because I think, like, he could end up with three. You know? He's, yeah. a, he's a very different athlete than Tui Kolovacu. And... Maybe, you know, again, we, we won't know until we see it, but um, maybe that's just something that he can do. You know, that where Kui Kowaki was just such a, a run stopper, you know, and plugging holes. Marlon's strength might be actually getting to the quarterback. I, it's definitely something that Faku is, uh, is good at. So, anyway, I put it at three. I'm going under. All right, moving on. Wole Bakiko, 
Four and a half sacks. Over, under. What do you got? I will go over. Yeah? Yes. And right. I, because I think that uh, I, I just feel like if I was his coach, I would play him on passing situations, on passing downs. Yeah. I, for, I think his coach is going to do that too. Yeah, because he's fast and athletic and he gets to the quarterback. And so I think you put him in, I think he gets sacks. I think that's what happens. You know, you put him in in those situations and, he, and he'll make those plays because it's very, you know, especially pass rushing for a guy that's probably younger in football than a lot of other people and stuff. It's it's just very simple. It's like see ball, get ball, you know? Yeah. And, and I think that's how they'll try to use him. I think he'll be good at that. I think he's always been good at that, you know? So I'll say over. Yeah, four and a half. We talked so much about how maybe the defense isn't designed to sack a quarterback so much as it is just to make him uncomfortable and pressure him and confuse him. And then I think about Bakiku, who I anticipate will be a third down specialist and I've seen make great strides and someone that they feel comfortable playing both the predator and strong side linebacker. But Really? How much are they going to rotate? I'm, I'm not confident in that yet. And Porter and Uchenna don't come off the field. So I'm going to go under, even though it's one of those where, I know I'm hedging, but Bakiko can can definitely hit this number and, and you know maybe beat it by a few. He can lead the team in sex. That's not crazy. But I don't know how much he's going to play yet. So I'm going under. All right. Linebacker Cam Smith, 95 tackles. Over, under. I will go over. Uh, I think that when I when I look at this team and I think how our defense or how our offense is going to attack this defense, you know, you look at the secondary at first and you realize, okay, you know, they might have an issue corner, but... There's a lot of returners there, and and the big glaring hole is that they're replacing a nose tackle, and they have a lot of young guys that they're trying to replace it with. I think teams will try to run the ball on USC. That's that's my point. I think that that will be the strategy to try to move uh, the ball on them because I, I think the secondary will probably be looked at as okay. These three guys are pretty good, and you know the fourth guy's a good athlete anyway, so we're not sure we're going to pick on him. I think they'll run at them. I think that the defense. Uh, you know the strategy is, of course, to to funnel the running back or whoever has the ball towards Cam, uh, Cam Smith's position, first of all. But I also think that I don't see this defensive line kind of overrunning offensive lines and getting and taking tackles away from him. So I, I just feel like he's going to end up with a bunch of tackles. He's going to be the guy, you know, in on all these run stops or whatever. And I think he'll go over. Yeah. I can see it both ways. I actually can see how opposing offenses are going to try to attack them through the air and want to throw the ball. Like they're going to look at Porter and Uchenna and Rasheem Green and Cam. And like we don't want to run the ball on them. We're not going to run the ball on them. You know, right? I mean, I, I can see that too. And feeling more confident going after young defensive backs. Yeah. So, 
I, I feel like I've gone both ways in the time that I've been thinking about it, where I've, I've thought I'm going over and I'm going to go under. Right now, 95, 95 is a lot. He's not, I, I actually put it at 100, and then I, I brought it down because he's not starting the opener. He has to sit out the first half. Ah, yes. Um, and I mean, again, that's not going to change the whole season, but that's why I took it from 100 to 95. So, but even when it was 100, I felt like 100 too much for me. So, I guess 95 is where I think it, w- it would be, but then you take away the half game. I guess I'm going to go under. Um, he had 83 last year, and the year before that, um, he, he was on pace to lead them, but then he got injured. He didn't finish the year, and then Stuart ended up leading them in the 80s. So, it's his third year. He's better. He's moving better. Gosh, <laughs> I'm like talking myself back into going over. Um, I'm going to stay under, though. I think that they're just going to share. I think that the way this defense works, it's not overly reliant on a linebacker. It, it's not like what Arizona had with Scooby Wright a few years back. Even though I think Cam is better than him. And, uh, you know, even with better than him then. Um I'm gonna stay under. Okay. Okay. I'm glad you finally got there. <laughs> yeah, I know. All right. Hey, I, for those that are gonna be betting, I, I don't know if you could bet on any of the stuff in Vegas, but maybe with one another, I feel like we owe it to them to give it our all. We we might have owed it to them to see if you could bet on these things in Vegas and see what those lines were as well. But whatever. <laughs> okay. Who cares? We're having fun. Yeah. John Houston, who seems like he's going to be the weak side linebacker. I mean, he basically takes every first team rep there. We got him at 60 tackles. You're going to go over or under 60? I'm going to go under uh, because I am the ultimate prove it to me before I bet on you guy. Yeah. That's what I am. It's why, you know, I don't pick USC to win the conference every year. But I did, you know, 15 years ago or whatever. I did. Uh, it's because they stopped proving it to me. John Houston's not proved it to me yet. If he has a big year, I would definitely want to bet on him, you know, in the future. He hasn't done it yet. So I will say prove it to me first. I could hey, if he had 52 tackles, I'd think that was a great year for him. If he had 47 tackles, I'd think that was a great year for him. I'll go under until he proves me wrong. Yeah, I get it. That that all makes sense. I'm going to go over because I think... I, I could tell that the staff is high on him. I guess if they're buying it, I'm buying it. He's really athletic. He's a great compliment to Cam, or at least he appears to be. Of course, he still has to prove that. But I think that they're going to work well together. And I think, you know, the, with me going under on Cam... I, I'm leaning toward Houston having more than 60 tackles. He was a tackling machine in high school, and I think that we're going to see that this year. Who needs Osa Messina, right? (laughs) Who? Okay. (laughs) Biggie Marshall, three and a half interceptions. I went half here on these because I felt like the jump from, you know, like 
a, a full number is way too big on interception. Go yeah, line. no, I agree. Yeah, so basically, do you think you'll get four? Do you think you'll get two? Uh, or I mean, three, excuse me. Do you think you'll get three or four? Over, under, three and a half. I'm going to say under. I'm saying, I, I honestly, I think maybe he gets like one or two this year just because I don't know why you would throw to Biggie Marshall. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I just don't. You know, I, I mean, maybe, you know, Jackie Jones is so good or the other corner is so good and the nickel corner is so good that it doesn't matter. You just got to throw to one of them. But I would guess that a quarterback is going to, before the snap, basically just eliminate that receiver, you know, from, you know, obviously if he beats Marshall so badly, like he won't. But, you know, I just think going into the each play, it's like they're going to be strategizing to not throw the ball. To, towards him. Yeah. So I'd say under. All right. Yeah, he had three both last year and the year before. So I I want to stay over for that reason alone. But I I agree with you that I, I don't think he'll get targeted that much. And he's going to be defending basically the best receiver most weeks who... They're going to want to throw you, but they're not going to be able to use maybe they want the way they want to. I'm just high on Biggie and what he can do. I think he's going to have a, a, you know, a profound impact. And in some respects, he'll be quiet because you won't hear his name. And that's the best thing you can say about a corner. So I'm going under, even though I, I kind of cringe saying that. Because I know that he can pick off six passes. I just don't think he'll get the opportunity to do it. Yeah, I don't think so either. Alright. Next one. Jack Jones. Four and a half interceptions. And I think you know why I stuck the number higher, but yes. give me your over-under. I'll go under. Okay. Uh, I know why, because, right, you gotta throw it to somebody, right? You gotta throw it to somebody and he's an athletic freak and he makes picks and stuff, but under. I mean, if he had five picks, like... That just seems a little bit too epic for me, for somebody that, you know, is going to be like their first time, you know, full starter or whatever his role ends up being. But you know what I mean? He hasn't. It's like the prove it thing to be. I'm not ready to be like, you're picking off five passes this yeah. year. Yeah. Under. Like, you know, maybe down the line. I don't know. That just seems like a lot. It just seems like it a is. lot. I mean, me. it's almost one every other game, where yeah. four would be one every three games which is still a pretty healthy average. Yeah. But I'm going to go five. Okay. I, I Because, again, I think that they're going to target this guy, and I think he's as good as advertised. Yeah. And this seems to be a priority for him. It, it wasn't for a Dory early in his career, and it became one later. And... With Biggie, I don't think it's as big of a priority as it is for other cornerbacks. I think he's trying to shut you down and force incompletion. But with Jack, I think he wants to create turnovers. I think that's his mindset. I mean, that's been kind of the gift and a curse with him. You know, Helkins talked about it where he's really aggressive. And sometimes you love it, sometimes you hate it. Um, I think he's going to have a great year. 
And I think he'll have five. Well, and I don't know if you know this, but he is the best cornerback ever. From what I've been told. By him? From him. From him. Yeah. yeah. So. Okay. And I love that confidence, Jack. You don't ever lose it. Just I'll just throw that in there. I'm okay. not hating on him for it. The starting nickelback, Ajene Harris, I put him at two and a half in reception. Mm-hmm. Last year, he had two. And, of course, a very memorable one versus Notre Dame that he returned for a touchdown. Yes. Over, under? Under. Uh, I felt like two was big for him last year. Like, two was like, whoa, Jana Harris got two picks. You know, and that's and not because he's not good. That's it's like a big deal, I think. You know, I just think it's, I could see two. Yeah. I just don't see three. Maybe he does it. Maybe he does it. I know it's only one more, but I don't know. I just, to me, it's like, if he gets two picks, I'm going to be like, whoa, Jana Harris, like, had a great year again, having two picks. Yeah. All right. So, I'll go under. I'm going to go over. I think that he's another guy that teams are going to look to target because they don't want to throw Biggie's way. I think teams are going to be playing from behind, and they're going to want to try to keep up with Sam Darnold and that offense. And they're going to be throwing the ball a lot. I'm betting on teams to throw, and that will equal interception. I'm going over on two and a half for a Jenny. Okay. Now we're going to talk about the defense as a whole. I got a few more to throw at you. Over-unders. 20 turnovers. Under. Okay. I think that USC's defense is, uh, in the past, I think under Pete Carroll, they're very, you know, forced turnovers, be aggressive. I think that Clancy Pendergast, while he runs a great defense, it's a little bit of a different style. I think that they're not as aggressive in forcing turnovers. Uh, I think they're, you know, more about not making mistakes. I know Pete Carroll was a lot about that, too. More at the cornerback positions, though, than the entire defense. Uh, I just think that USC is like a smart defense that, that, you know, tries not to make a mistake, tries to just, you know, let you beat you. And, you know, you'll make a mistake if we play the defense right. And I, I don't see them being so turnover hungry. Uh, I just don't. I So I'll, I'll go under. I think that they're more of a, you know, try to stop you, not make a mistake, not force turnover type defense. Yeah. I don't really disagree with any of that, except they forced 20 last year. That was over yeah. 13 games, but they had 20. I think they're going over. I think they're going to be a better defense. And, you know, it, it's not going to be like what we saw 15 years ago, but more than 20. Okay. 20 points per game. Over, under. Yeah, I'm going to go under. I think it's going to be close to 20. Uh, I think because the Pac-12, a lot of people score. I think that there will be games where they're, they're blowing people out, and so they're not necessarily like, you know, worried about keeping them under 20 points because maybe they have 45 or whatever, and there's just you know garbage time touchdowns or something. I know that there used to, there was an era right where like 20 points a game was like you didn't have that good of a defense. Yeah. You know, and, we're not and in that like, era. You're not in that era anymore. It's not, you know, it used to be like, oh, like if USC has like a, they're holding them to 13 points a game, 14 points a game, that's a good defense. Seems like 21 is like the new 14 in a way. Yeah. Um, sure. 
I think they have a good defense, and I I expect them to be right around 20. I'll go under. I'll say 19, just because I look at the schedule. I think it could be could end up being pretty easy, and I could see them winning like a lot of like 42 to 17, you know, 38 to 17 type games. So I'll go under, but I think they'll be close to 20 points a game. Yeah, I mean, if you're under 20, you're elite now, and I don't see this team having like a a 40 point game, you know, defensively. Yeah, and even last year, you throw away the Alabama game because there it was just a whole different team. <laughs> And and then you you had the Penn State game. That was the one game where the opposing offense did blow up. Because even the Alabama offense, it wasn't it wasn't as much them as their defense. Okay, yeah. so you had one game like that. But you know, throughout the year, they were holding the opponent to their lowest total up until that point. And even then, they allowed twenty four points a game. Now, those numbers are going to be skewed by Alabama and the Rumble. But I'm going to go. I'm going to go under. I'm not confident it, it will be about 20. I'm going to go under. Okay. Okay. Next one. Over under two and a half touchdowns scored by the defense. What do you got? I'm assuming this is not including returns, like no, punt yeah, no return, punt return, kick, kickoff okay. return. Okay, okay. I'm gonna go yeah, under. The defense. I'm gonna go under. Three. That's like one every four games. Yeah. That's. I mean, it can be done. I'm not saying it can't be done. It just seems like a lot to me. And if I was a betting man, you know, which I am not, because that's just a terrible thing to do. And illegal. Uh, and illegal. Except in Nevada, but and a few other places, but uh, uh, I would just think that's a lot, and I wouldn't expect them to score four. I would, I would, ex- I would ex- go into every three. game expecting no, three would, would be over. Three, sorry, okay, three. I wouldn't expect them to score three because I would go into every game thinking it would be unusual if they scored a touchdown on defense on this game, in this game, and you know, yeah, maybe it does happen every few games or whatever, but to me, it, I could see it never happening. So I'm going under just right. for that reason. It, it's like it's just a probability thing that throws me off. You know, it's like I could see this never happening. So it makes me hard to say I could see it happening three times. Yeah, I get it. They only had one last year, and it was that return by a Jenny, which came in game 12. <laughs> I'm feeling smart now. Yeah, I'm... Do it. I'm going to say three. I'm going to go over. Yeah. A lot of young, unproven quarterbacks in this conference. I'm going to go over. Awesome. I love it. All right. A couple more here. Okay. Over or under 30 sacks by the defense? Under. Under? As I've mentioned before, I, I don't think the defensive line is set up to get sacks in this defense. And I don't think... Port Augustine is, you know, that that rush end predator, whatever the hell they call it now, type that that really gets the sacks, that really racks them up. I'm gonna say under. All right. I'm. I don't know. They 
They had 26 last year, which equaled exactly two a game. Now we're talking about 12 games, 30, which would be two and a half per game. I'm going to go under. I think that they're going to fall right under, though. Okay. 15 interceptions, which is obviously a little bit more than one per game. Over-under. I'm going to say under because if I said they were going to get more than 15 interceptions and less than 20 turnovers, you'd be really confused, and so would I. (laughs) Yeah. They had 14 last year. That was with the glory. The glory had five. I'm... I was going over on the individual. I guess I'm going to go over. I feel like to be consistent... For it to all make sense, I gotta go over it. Fifteen is a lot. They might, they might only get ten. I don't know, but they could get twenty too. You know, it, that could happen. I just expect people to throw on them a lot, and I like their secondary. I'm gonna go over. Even I, I really would like to bet fifteen, <laughs> but um, I'm gonna go over. All right, kicking, which has been. The topic of the hour oh, yes. training camp. Yes, it has been. Over under 18 field goal attempts, which is one and a half per game. Ooh, under. Yeah? Yeah. Because I'm taking out like over 42 yards. Yeah. Like, I'm not sure they're going for it. And then I'm thinking... There's probably going to be some scenarios where they're, you know, because if you're within that, where you're like, oh, maybe we should go for it because we just want a touchdown, and they're kind of that way anyway. You know, they're kind of aggressive. I'm going to go under. I don't think they trust the kicker. I think they're aggressive. I think it's the perfect combination to, to have very few field goal kicking attempts. But make sure you pay a special teams coach lots of money this year <laughs> make sure that happens though <laughs> okay <Under>. I, <laughs> I love how you throw that in there I'm the worst the hard part is I think they're going to move the ball and what if they have a hard time operating the red zone and you find yourself kicking a bunch of 30-35 yard field goals that could happen maybe a year ago, they attempted 25 field goals, which was about two a game. 18, one and a half a game. I guess I'm going under. I I think it's going to be about that, though. And I, that's why I stuck it there, because I, I really didn't know what to do with it, where to go with it. I'm going to go under, but right under. I, I don't think it'll be like 11 or 12. I think it'll be right under. And then the next one, I had it as makes, but what I really should have done is percentage because if you're going under on the the attempt, I don't know how much under you're going. So what I had it was 12 makes and 18 attempts. Yeah. So two out of three. So if you had to go over under on 66%, what would you go? Well, since I was going to go 12 for 12, right? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm, that was my joke. Uh, gosh, this one's hard because 
I don't know if they're going to put the kicker in a situation where he's going to miss a lot of field goals. You know what I mean? Where it's like, yeah, gosh, if you're going two for well, three mind from you, like 38 yards. They're putting yards, him in the next situation right now in practice, and they're not making him. Oh. <laughs> Wait, they put him in a situation with easy field goals that he's not making him? Is that what you're saying? Is yeah. that what you meant? Oh, okay. Yeah, welcome to my reporting for the last Yeah, week. oh yeah. I, you know I've been keeping up. Um, no, I trust me, I've heard plenty about the kickers not being great. I think I've heard Matt Bormeister in Title IX mentioned 7,836 times on the message board in the last few weeks. Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll go under. I'll go under, but it wouldn't surprise me if the percentage actually looks really good because they don't let the kids kick, you know, field goals that are over 35 yards or something. But yeah. I'll go under just because you're scaring me. So, under. Yeah. You know, well, if, if they're making a higher percentage, they're going to kick more. So I almost feel like if I stay over... That wouldn't make sense with You're killing me out me saying less than making a chem. I'm just trying to use logic here. I know. Two I'm all about emotion. Two out of three is not very good. No. <laughs> hmm. But like you, I, I expect that they're going to probably keep it to shorter attempts. I, I'm projecting that they're going to go for it and fork down more. I don't know. I still want to stay over. I, I, that probably doesn't make a lot of sense, but... Who cares? Follow your heart <laughs> for once. Okay. All right. Uh, I think they're going to be a little bit over the two out of three conversion rate. All right, final category. These what? are team over-unders. 80 penalties for the season, which is about six and a half per game. Over. Yeah? Yeah. We play in the Pac-12, dude. It's the Pac-12. <laughs> I mean, like, they're throwing flags, man, you know? Yeah. They, they like to call everything. They call it tight. I think that's how they describe it. Yeah. And plus, USC, I mean... Maybe it is because of the conference and all the flags and stuff. It seems to me like they just get, you know, traditionally, there's a lot of penalties called on USC. I shouldn't say traditionally, like going back to the 30s, right? It's like, it's like we've won 11 national titles and we're the best team at getting penalties, right? I don't know if the fans are saying that. Uh, it just seems like there's a lot of penalties called. I know this, too, because everybody on the message board talks about how the refs are out to get them every game. So I'm going to say over. I'm going to say over. All right. Yeah, I mean, no, this isn't just the defensive course, it's the offense. It's, really, it comes down to what you think of the offensive line in a lot of ways. Yeah, that that's a good point. That that makes me feel good, too. <laughs> well, I mean, they have a lot of young guys at receiver, and we've seen them called quite a bit in practice for holding. And they really stress... Blocking with these receivers, of course. We're not seeing a lot of four wide. You know, it's more two, three, you know, two tight ends maybe. But that's where you can kind of avoid that, I feel like. Four wide, quick passes. 
And maybe they'll start doing that. But they haven't been doing that under Hilton. I don't know. I, I'd like to think that the defense will be more disciplined. But they have a couple guys that are brand new. John Houston has not played a lot on defense. Same with Jack Jones. And then same with whoever's really rotating in at uh, nose tackle. Over? Yeah. Over. I I could go either way there, but I'm going to go over. Okay. Okay. 80 plays per game. I probably should have included this, uh, this one under the offense. But um, do you think that they'll... This is a magic number for Helton. He said he wanted to run 80 plays per game. Last year, they were quite a bit under that. Do you think they'll be over or under 80? I think they'll be under uh, because I think there's going to be enough enough games where they're winning big that you know you're just you're not you know, you're just killing plays at the end you're just whatever you're just running plays and you know and, and maybe there'll be enough big play explosive plays in those games too where you have those you know three play drives or whatever I'm going to say under I also don't see them. You know, I, I know that at one point, this is under a different coach and staff, they, they wanted to get to, like, this hurry-up type yeah, thing. Yeah, they're not doing I think, that. Yeah, they're not doing that. Yeah, a little and bit I, of that, but not really. Yeah, it's, it, I'll say 80 is probably right on the dot. You know, that's a good number to pick. I'd go under. Yeah, and that's how I feel. I feel like it, it, it can just be right there at 80. I'm going to go over because I don't think – I'm not sure if they're going to be very explosive. I just see a lot of possession receivers. You know, Rojo's really the one that um, can can break a long one. But I don't see it in a passing game. And I I don't know about the running game yet. Uh, while I'm confident in Rojo, I I don't know about the O-line. They, they haven't run the ball very well in practice for a while. They did have a good first scrimmage a week ago. But outside of that, it, it's just been, you know, these big plays from Rojo or Stephen Carr, but it's not consistent. So I'm going to go over. I think they're going to control this clock and and be right above 80. Okay, next one, 75,000 per home game, over or under? I'm going over. Yeah? Yes, and here's why. It's the schedule, I, I think, just sets them up kind of to to beat it. I'll explain why. Um, I think, obviously, the one uh, non-Power 5 school is Western Michigan, the opener. I think that game will do well uh you know in terms of attendance if i think if it was like the second game or the fourth game it probably wouldn't do as well right. but just because it's the opener yeah so i think i'll do well yeah i think usc stanford will do well rivalry game two california schools i know stanford doesn't have the strongest football alumni but you yeah. know people people show up for that la game you know what i mean like yeah like that that's a game that will sell well i really do believe yeah. that plus stanford's a good team it's an attractive game it'll sell well usc texas will obviously sell well it's usc texas yeah. i don't even think i have to explain that anymore okay 
uh, USC UCLA that will probably be a sellout as well. So then I look at there's there's three remaining home games now. That's it. Yeah. Right. That I haven't talked about three. Oregon State, Utah, Arizona. Now those are probably not big sellers, but <laughs> what they have going for them is this: is that that Oregon State and Utah are in between four road games. Yeah. So I don't know which one is going to, uh, you know, explode, or you know, if it's just one will be big and the other one won't, or if they'll both be higher attendance because of that. But I feel like there's a chance both of those games have a higher attendance because they're sandwiched in between four road games. People will just miss watching USC football at the Coliseum. They'll buy a ticket and go. So I don't expect that to be like a 92,000 sellout game, but I think it'll do better than the normal USC Oregon State or USC Utah game just because of that. Yeah. Then the last one is Arizona. Isn't the last home game overall? I just mentioned UCLA first because I think that'll be a sellout. But it's a similar situation. Again, at Notre Dame, at Arizona State, versus Arizona, at Colorado. It could be a similar, like, hey, maybe you went to that Oregon State game. You skipped the Utah game. Now you've missed three games in a row, right? You can't see them at the Coliseum three times in a row. You're, You're going to Arizona, so I can see that game. So it just seems like it works out really nicely where you know they have at least two games at home that i feel like are probably sellouts in texas and ucla stanford might be right there it might be a sellout too western michigan's gonna sell well because it's the opener and then these other games are sandwiched in between road games and i feel like will attract people because of that i just think they're gonna have a strong attendance this year because you know they're supposed to be good they're supposed to be competing for something and and these games you know the ones that aren't going to sell just seem like they might anyway because of where they're positioned in the schedule yeah huh? it makes sense arizona is also homecoming so that will do i didn't fine. even think about that yeah that that might do much better than i even expected because of that now the, the two in the middle that you mentioned the middle of the year oregon yeah. get utah if USC's not undefeated, then it changes everything with those. Yeah. But I mean, especially if they had two losses, I don't expect that. But that would that would derail those games. But with one loss, even I think, then you might have a hard time selling that game. And then later on, you know, in the year, Arizona, if you're at that point, I think they would have played nine games. If you're eight and one, then you know I think you won back part of that fan base. Oh yeah, yeah. But the two middle ones, I think, could be it could be low. Um, so seventy-five. I mean, a year ago it was about sixty-eight. But I think this is a year. I think people want to see Sam Darnold. Yeah. Well, the other thing to consider is a year ago, they were not expected to be great coming into the year. And then they weren't. Or, and they weren't. And then, yeah, and then they lose. You know, you lose you know, those two road games early really badly. Yeah. It's hard to recover from that. I'll also point out, I, I want to mention the two middle games again, Oregon State and Utah. Okay, I, may, I know I mentioned this, but I just really feel like even if they're not that good, even if they have a loss or two or, you know, yeah, whatever else. It just feels to me like you could really sell some fans on, hey, the last time you were at the Coliseum was September 16th, mm-hmm. and it's October 7th for Oregon State, October 14th for Utah. And if you miss these two games, you won't have a chance to be in the Coliseum and watch USC football again until November 4th. Yeah. That might get people in there anyway, even if they're like 500 or something. That might 
get people in there, really. Yeah. It's, it just seems like that's a long stretch without watching football in the Coliseum. Okay, yeah. Well, so. I, I think they're going to be good, and that, therefore I think yeah. they're going to break, they're going to hit this. I'm going over. Okay, now, here's my one. real question. What? Oh. oh, go ahead. Well, over under how many times we hear people complain about the new stadium only seating that many people if they go over 75,000 <laughs> this year? I think it's the same number as the, the total attendance. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I agree. Okay. Final one. We're two hours in, and we're about and to you finish. I know there was another one. Yeah. You snuck it up on me, I think. Last one. You ready? Yes. Okay. Over under 10 and a half wins in the regular Ooh. season. Ooh. Yeah. Putting you on the spot. Okay. And I can't push because you can't push. <laughs> you can't, you push can't ten win. Ten and a half. So the thing is, it's a, it's you know how people normally say my my heart and my head are battling here. Yeah, that's not the case. Okay, case here is my head and my head are battling. Hmm. Uh, we're not doing that kind of show, man. Oh no, no, no. Well, oh, oh, that's dirty. No, that's not what I was thinking. Two parts of my brain is what I was thinking. Um. Because I look at their schedule, and it could get hard, right? Notre Dame could be way better than we expect. UCLA could be way better than we expect. Texas could be. Stanford could be a killer. Maybe it's hard all of a sudden. I don't know. But right now, it doesn't look that hard. It just doesn't look that hard. And to me, I really have a tough time imagining three teams getting them this year if they are what they're expected to be. I really have a hard time imagining that. Yeah, but that being said, I would feel crazy betting on a team to go eleven and one. I think that's nuts. I think that you could be the best team in the country and go eleven and one. I see that almost every year. What if USC isn't the best team in the country? They could easily go ten and two. I think like you know, like once you're nine and three, you're probably not one of the 10 best teams of the country. You know what I mean? It's like a very select few that go 10 and two in in these power five conferences, right? That's an accomplishment. So my brain looks at the schedule and says, Hey man, like I really don't see two or three teams beating these guys bet the over. But then my brain also tells me, do you ever see two or three teams beating USC? You know, if they're supposed to be good, does it happen sometimes anyway? Yes. Ten and a half? Whoa. I mean, there's some Pete Carroll teams that went ten and two that I thought were killers. You know, were just killer teams. Yeah. I really don't know what to do. This is tough because because of the schedule, I want to go over. But there's no way I would ever go over on ten and a half. Like, ever. Mm -hmm. So I'll go under, I guess. I'll go under. I don't feel great about it. I think they could easily, you know, they could easily make me look stupid. They might go the national title game undefeated or something like that. But I will go under because 11-1 and one is a heck of a season. And outside of Sam Darnold, this does not look like an 11-1 and one roster to me. Mm. Yeah, when I look at the schedule, I can talk myself into it. It's the easiest on paper since 2013. And... Maybe easier than that, you know, which would... They've had so many hard schedules over the last 15 years that this could be one of the easier ones that they've had. 
Now that that's what we know right now in August, which is really not a lot because no one's played, or we really know nothing. I should say, but it sets up to be comfortable. So it, it's hard for me to pick two teams to beat them. I, I believe that they're going to be favored going into every game. I think even if they were to drop a couple, I still think that going into each game, going into that week, they're going to be favored in that game. Yeah. But the historical precedent suggests that 11-1 and one is, is rare. And I mean, if we just work with the last, you know, since 2000, you know, or, or when Carroll took over in 2001, how many times did he do that? He did that in 03, 04, 05, and 08. He did that four times. But like you mentioned, they had excellent teams in 02, 06, 07 that went 10 and 2. Yeah. That even I mean even I know the 09 team was not an excellent team. But they beat Ohio State who won the Rose Bowl that year, I believe. No. On the road and no. still they lost the four Bowl. game or played played in a BCS game. No. Mm-mm. Are you sure? Yeah, very. They, they didn't. They didn't play Oregon. Was that the next year? Yeah, they, they played BC in that game up in the Bay Area. No, no, USC play. I'm talking about Ohio State. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. Yes, they beat a team that won the Rose Bowl, if I'm not mistaken, beating Oregon. Right? I think that's what happened that year. They beat them on the road, and they still lost four games. You know, it's like it, it's easy to lose games. It, it really, it really is. Uh, and eleven and one. Is so hard and so rare, and yeah, I mean, you're right. And if I if I look at the schedule too, um, I think that the team I just want to see if you agree with me. The team that that could be the one loss that we all think this could be the one loss is Stanford, correct? Yeah. Okay, it's a very early game. If they lose that game, which would not surprise me, I would not be shocked. Do I really think? Do I really feel confident if they lose that game? That they, oh, they won't. Win out. They won't lose again. Yeah. They won't lose again. No, there's enough road games. You know, Notre Dame might be good. Whatever UCLA might be good. I don't know. I mean, I don't expect it, but it could happen. Or if they lose that one game, which I think they could lose, I'm not very confident that they're winning out. It just takes one more loss to throw that bet off. And ten and two would be an excellent season. That might be a season that they're winning the conference with. They might go to a huge bowl game. It might be a season where people are wearing T-shirts after the season, like, oh, USC, Rose Bowl champions, Pac-12 champions, right? Something like that. Yeah. And we're betting, you know, and we're saying, like, oh, like, they've, you know, we're betting on them to do better than that. That's a, that's a tough bet for me. That's a tough bet for me. So Yeah. I mean, the other hard, the other hard part for me is that I see them every day, and so I think – the warts are more pronounced for me. Yes. And I can be probably too critical because of that. You Not know? you, Adam. No, no, but I'm just saying, like, for any anybody that's 
there, you know, and, and getting that up close view where you wonder about the offensive line, you wonder about the defensive line, you wonder about the receivers, you wonder about the kicking game. Sometimes you wonder about coaching. And these are all things that you think about. I really think Sam Darnold is, uh, is uh, a generational talent. And because of that, I I wouldn't be surprised if they went 11-1 and one or better and you know, played in the Final Four. Now with him at quarterback, that's pretty much what that quarterback produces for you. And they have the schedule to do it. So I, it's so easy for me to say, I think they're going 11-1. and one. Uh, I feel like I'm like right now I'm like I'm making this this uh, pick that I can't go back on, you know? Yeah. That's how that's how I try to approach these things. I don't. You've just... only gone back on like three of them <laughs> while picking, so. But those weren't important. This is the only one that really matters, I think. Yeah. No, you're right because it's wins and losses, and that when it comes down to it. That's what everybody cares about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no one really cares if you think Sam Darnold's going to throw a bunch of picks right. or not that many touchdowns. Yeah. It's about whether you think they're going to win. Yeah. So, I would be confident in saying they're going to make a two in the year six bowl. If they go 11-1, and one, they're going to be in the final four. They're going to the Rose Bowl. Well, I mean, excuse me. They'll, they'd be in a Pac-12 title game, and they'd be playing for the Rose Bowl, and they'd yeah. be playing for that final four spot. But I'm not buying their gap yet, and and so I, I just I think because I I also got to watch Carol King and I covered them. I just saw them up close. If Matt Liner went down, they could go to Booty, and if Booty went down, they could go to Sanchez. You know, and, and they don't have that right now. Because I think there's so much weight on Darnold to be epic. And I think he can do it, but there's just so many variables in football where even if he is that good, that doesn't mean that you're, you can punch your ticket to the Final Four. So I'm going to go under. I think they're going to be 10 and 2. Wow. Everyone hates us now. <laughs> What's new? I'm used to it. I don't know if you are. <laughs> All right. I think we're done. That's our show? Yeah. Wow. That wasn't a long one at all. Yeah. Not for us. <laughs> oh, am I back to being host? Okay, then. Uh <laughs> Well, thank you for listening, everybody. I forgot my hosting duties because Adam and I took them over. But, uh, Adam, great show. Thank you so much. Yeah, I you. always appreciate having you on. I always appreciate you guys listening at home. Please subscribe if you don't subscribe. USC.rivals.com slash sign underscore up. You can tell I've typed that in a lot into different stories and such. But go there. Sign up if you haven't already. We appreciate it. And if you are signed up, 
Well, we just love you. I don't know what to say besides that. But anyway, for Adam Maya, I'm Chris Swanson. Thank you so much for listening, for being a member of our site and all that. And uh, we hope you'll be around next week for our next show. Take care. <laughs> Bye.